welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast, the weekly free podcast from Connects Education Academy. It's designed for new and experienced teachers, tutors, teaching assistants and leaders. Our experts joining us today are Andy Bridge, a current deputy head teacher, and Debbie Davis, head teacher of an independent special school and experienced SENCO. In last week's podcast, we discussed support for learners with hearing impairments. Today, we focus in on learners with ADHD, and we aim to heighten our awareness of this specific learning difficulty, and also we'll take a look at the support available. Debbie, I realise that both yourself and Andy will have come across students with ADHD within your various roles. Can you please let us know what the term actually means? Good morning, everyone. Yes, of course. Um, So... ADHD is a mental health condition that is defined through analysis of behaviour. People with ADHD show a persistent pattern of inattention or hyperactivity impulsivity. And that interferes with the day-to-day functioning um, and development. We're going to look at those in in much more detail uh, throughout this podcast. But let's talk about the definition and diagnosis. So the relied on definition is set out by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and we'll refer to that later too. I'll talk about inattention. um, And Andy, do you think that you could cover um, hyperactivity and impulsivity, please? Yeah, that's fine, no worries. Thank you. So inattention, six or more symptoms of inattention for children up to uh, the age of 16 years. Symptoms of inattention um, have been present for the last six months. These are what we have to consider and they are inappropriate for their developmental level. So whichever level of their development they should be at, then um, it's inappropriate for that level. And that's when we see the signs of of ADHD. It often fails to give... um, Uh, children will often fail to give close attention to details or make careless mistakes in schoolwork um, or or with other activities. And and as I go through these, you'll you'll be visualising certain children that you work with and you may think to yourself, ah, are these signs, you know, of ADHD? Well, yes, they might be, but let's talk about much more, many more of the signs. So... They often have trouble holding attention on tasks or or play activities if they're in younger years. Um, They often don't seem to listen when spoken to directly. How many of us have have actually seen that? And we've actually said, can can you look at me whilst I'm speaking to you? You know, how can I help you? And that they just don't seem to be actually looking at you or taking anything in that you're saying. Um, often goes to follow through on instructions and fails to finish work or chores um, or duties. Um, so they lose focus and they get sidetracked. They often have trouble organising tasks and, and activities. Um, and you'll see many teachers working towards supporting them with this. And we'll look at what support looks like later on in this podcast. Um, 
often avoid or, or dislike or are reluctant to do tasks that require mental effort over a long period of time, such as schoolwork or homework. So they'll be very reluctant to do that. And they, they might lose things um, <clears throat> that are necessary for tasks or activities, school materials, pencils, books, tools, wallets, keys, lo lots and lots of things that you, that you might um, have in, in a school. And I'm, I'm speaking as well about um, older people there in terms of wallets and keys, but in, in the school setting, they might lose things that, that they need for the tasks. Um, they're often easily distracted and it, it's often <clears throat> that we're talking about forgetfulness on a daily, uh, with daily activities. Um, so you can see there that there are quite a, a lot of indications that ADHD might be prevalent uh, with young people there. And you've probably seen them uh, indeed within your classroom settings. Some of the, um, it's really interesting to be listening to, um, to some of the symptoms there. And there's, I was reading something recently about um, it's two other um, symptoms of, of in, inattentiveness. Um, one being really struggling with the concept of time, which I thought was fascinating. And a child with ADHD might struggle to understand if 10 minutes have passed or an hour or one minute, which I think is um, fascinating in terms of set, you know, setting tasks for children to do and managing their expectations with time. But then the flip side, um, the articles reading talks about, yes, you have all that inattentivity, but also later on in the day, you might then get a time of hyper-focus when you can be super focused, super productive, you can get through a huge amount of work um, in one short space of time because you can completely block out every distraction and everything going on around you. And, and you know, that's maybe a, a coping strategy for some children with ADHD, knowing that, yes, they're struggling at that moment um, with their attention, but perhaps later on in the day, they will get that time of hyper focus. So really interesting. Um, in terms of um, hyperactivity, um, you know, that might look like fidgeting, feet tapping, squirming in your seat, um, you know, things that can be quite irritating as a teacher, where we might have a tendency to just think somebody's being naughty or somebody's um, not de demonstrating good manners. They can be um, symptoms of ADHD. So getting out of their seat a lot, um, you know, being shouting out, uh, running, climbing when that wouldn't be the most appropriate thing for them to be doing, not being able to sit and take part in leisure activities quietly. You know, if you've asked the class to read in silence, they might struggle with that concept. Often seems like they're, they're constantly on the go, excessive talking, um, blurting out an answer before you've given somebody else that you wanted to, um, to ask that opportunity, possibly difficulties waiting their turn, possibly interrupting or intruding on others that can then lead to some kind of social difficulties and possibly um, struggling with, with peer groups and friendships. So lots and lots of uh, different possible challenges. And I think it's unlikely that anybody would demonstrate them all. But as Debbie said, if you may be looking at six or more of those things that have been sustained over a period of six months that seem inappropriate to their developmental age, then maybe that's um, you know, time when you'd be referring them to a GP and a psych um, to try and get some kind of specialist support there. 
Do you mind if I just come in there, Andy, as well? Because you said something really interesting that's absolutely entirely true, that as a teacher, you might get a little feel irritated and, you know, you've got to get through your schemes of learning and you want to, the, the class to progress and and you, you and these behaviours are pre presenting. Something that really helps me in that situation is that when you, when you think of this child, uh, be accepting this is the child, this is how they are, and we need to include them and be accepting. And if you can change your mindset, um, that's very, very helpful. And the child will see that and the child will see your calm acceptance. And that's something that's really helped me over the years, especially in special schools that I've worked in, to overcome that, that feeling inside yourself as a teacher, which is only natural. Absolutely, it's um, you should you your immediate instinct can be irritation because you know possibly there is an impact on other children in the class. But if you can get yourself in that headspace where you think actually this is their difficulties, these are their needs, what support can I put in place? That that's a much more helpful approach, as you said. Mm. It does also sort of seem to set the tone with these symptoms, Debbie. So um, I know there's probably also additional following conditions that must be present. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, I mean, that's a super observation, Georgie. In addition, uh, there are lots of other conditions that, that must be met. So let's go through some of them. So several inattentive or hyperactive Im impulsive symptoms uh, were present before the age of 12. Andy's talked about six or more over a six months period. Um, Again, um, several symptoms are present in two or more settings, uh, such as home, school, um, we can talk about work for adults or with friends and relatives um, or in other activities. And also uh, there's a clear evidence that the symptoms interfere with or reduce the quality of social uh, and school and, and work functioning, if we're talking about adults. Um, and the symptoms are, uh, are not better explained by an, another mental disorder, such as mood disorder, anxiety disorder, disassociative disorder or personality disorder. The symptoms do not happen only during the course uh, of, of schizophrenia or uh, a psychotic disorder. So that, that gives you more of a concise um, summary uh, in terms of the, the symptoms and what we're looking for. I, ho I hope that helps and answers your question, Georgie. Yeah, definitely. And, and Andy, what, what causes ADHD? Do we know and do we have any advice for teachers when it comes to providing for students with ADHD in their classrooms? Yeah, I mean, in terms of cause, it's very, very complex to try and determine. Um, scientists think that it's the result of interplay between genetic and environmental factors, possibly with genetic factors being 70 to 80 percent, um, environmental 20 to 30, but that'll differ um, on a, a child by child basis. So it, it's really hard. Um, to pin down a cause and I think sometimes parents think was this something I did have I done something wrong have I parented wrong in some way and actually like that that's not a helpful um way of thinking you know we just need to think these are the behaviors of the child what can we do to support it rather than getting obsessed with pinning down a cause um in terms of what kind of things teachers can do we've talked a lot about some of the behaviors that might be exhibited interrupting others distracting people becoming distracted themselves fidgeting um, struggling with organisation of classwork and homework. 
Um, and I think really it's there's there's no one size fits all policy here. It's just thinking about quite common sense strategies. What is going to help this child kind of chunk the tasks down into smaller parts? When I set everybody else off, can I nip over to them and just say, just talk me through what I've asked you to do so I'm clear that you understand the instructions? Is it giving them a little timer on the desk so they can see, you know, sand disappearing in a sand timer um, to help them with that concept of the amount of time left? Is it providing um, short kind of study breaks where they can just get out of their seat and just stretch their legs for 10 seconds if that helps them? Um, you know, communicate with the, with the child, ask them, speak to the parents, speak to the Senko, see what strategies are advised. But a lot of these are quite common sense, small adaptations that we can make at the same time, helping um, helping the child accept some of their difficulties and recognise how some of their behaviours may be disruptive to other people um, and help them manage them themselves as well. Debbie, what do we do if we we suspect that a learner or a child has ADHD? What would be the first steps? So in, in terms of the next steps to support any kind of um, provision or diagnosis, the NHS gives some really good advice here. And you, you can see this online. Many children go through phases where they're relentless uh, the, um, and, and in, inattentive. Uh, this is often completely normal and does not necessarily mean that they have a ADHD. So we need to bear that in mind. But if you have a look at the NHS website, there's some, some good advice. But you should discuss your concerns with your child's teacher. This is if, if you're a parent or a carer. Um, and the school special educational needs coordinator, which is known as the SENCO, or indeed a GP, if you think the behaviour may be different from most children their age. And it's a good idea to speak to the GP um, if you're an adult um, and think that you may have ADHD. And I have I have talked about adults as well today because it's important that um, we. I know in, in our podcast we talk about picking up the signs and some people don't have um, people who have picked up the signs and therefore it's gone into their adulthood where when they've been diagnosed. Um, so it is important that we're vigilant, that we understand the signs to look for and that, you know, the three sources of, of support here, look on the NHS website, talk to the SENCO um, and talk to your GP and you'll get the advice that you need to move forward there. Thank you both today. I think there's been some um, really, really important top tips here, particularly around um, students with, with ADHD and how to sort of manage those in the classroom. And it's also really important that we think about, you know, referrals and, and that process as well, Debbie. So really appreciate you taking the time to share those today. We hope that this podcast has been helpful to you in respect of understanding and responding positively to the needs of students with ADHD. Next week's our final podcast in the SEND series, and we're going to focus in on supporting students with autism. We hope that you're able to find time to listen to that session as well. You can pick up our After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. You can access this on your daily commute, on your treadmill, as your focus of the day. Thank you again to our guests, Debbie and Andy, for joining us. 
and taking the time to focus in and how we can support students with ADHD. You've been listening to After the Bell. Thank you so much. Thank you.